Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, Peyton. Good to be with you today. Uh, New week, James chapter 4. It's Monday. We're going to spend five conversations this week talking about what James has to say to us about practical Christianity. So why don't we jump right into that and read James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Will you read that for us today? James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. This is from the English Standard Version. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have, because you do not ask. Edwin, if I asked you what causes quarrels and what causes fights in your life, what would you say to me? Well, typically, I I mean, I've now read this passage, so I know the right answer. But if I hadn't (laughs) read this passage, I would probably want to immediately kick back and say, well, it's all these other people around me who won't who won't do things the way I want them to do things. Mm -hmm. Who, uh, if if they would just do what they were supposed to do, I would not get in quarrels and fights. That's probably what I would have said before we read James chapter four. Yeah, but James actually says, it's not this, what you may have been thinking, it's actually that your passions are at war within you. Yes. These desires. Yeah, tell me about that. It's an internal thing. So yeah, we tend to think that all the problems in our lives, and I think this way all the time, so I got to be really careful of this, but we tend to think that the problems in our lives are some outside cause. It's this person, it's this issue, if the government would just do this, if this person would just do this, everything would be okay. And James, that's not the case. In James here, the real source of their problems, of their fights, of their quarreling that they've descended into is their passions, their desires. They're all bent up inside. They have all these things warring with from within them. And if they could just solve the real problem, these desires within them, desires for selfish ambition, for envy, all these things that just talked about in chapter 3, that would actually solve their problem. That doesn't doesn't that go back to what he said in chapter one about our temptations? Mm-hmm. We we talked in chapter one about the difference between whether a scenario ends up being a test of God to prove and grow us, or a temptation from the devil to destroy us and to uh, knock us over. Of course, rec- not to oversimplify that, recognizing that God has his intention and Satan has his intention no matter what, but whichever one prevails is going to be based on my desires. Mm-hmm. I am lured and enticed by my desires. Desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. Sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. And now here we have, again, this concept of desires. When I have quarrels and fights with other people, it's going to be about the desires. I fight and quarrel based on my passions, my lusts, my desires, things that I want, things that I want and I'm afraid I'm not going to get, or things that I want and you have, or things that I want and you want. I mean, I mean, fights and quarrels are, are rarely one-sided, but there's only one side that I can work on. Mm-hmm. That, and that means looking at me, looking at the internal, what is the desire, what is the passion, what is the, what is the territory of, of this fight that, that we're fighting over and being honest about that. So what do you mean by that territory? 
Well, thinking about this in terms of like geopolitical wars, mm-hmm. wars between nations and states, there's territory. That Almost always it's about territory. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, in geopolitical wars, territory means land. Yes. You're, you're dwelling on land that I want. And uh-huh. so we're going to fight until I can kick you off of the land. And then we're going to do that. Almost always that's the case. Maybe sometimes the territory is a little bit more metaphorical. Maybe it has to do with power. Uh, control or uh, over, but it's typically about controlling territory. In interpersonal fights and quarrels, I think we can have that as a metaphor for what's going on. Now, rarely, I, well, I, you know, every once in a while, it's fighting over territory. You've moved your fence onto my property, and now we're going to fight. Mm-hmm. Here's some territory. We're going to fight over that. Yes. But we can see that as a metaphor that there, there's something that I want to have control over, or there's something that I want to own, or there's something that I want to be mine that I see you as either getting in the way of, or you have it, or you're also vying for it, and now we're fighting. I need to figure out what is that territory that we're actually fighting over. The interesting thing is that the territory is not always what the fight is about on the surface. Mm. you and I might be fighting about where we're going to go for lunch. Yeah. The territory is probably not the restaurant. The territory is probably something about control in the relationship, or maybe it's convenience. It's not convenient for me to go to this place over here. And so what I'm fighting for is who gets to have charge over convenience. Uh, There would be all kinds of things there. Sadly, sadly, in a lot of doctrinal fights that Christians have while we think the territory is the doctrine of Jesus. And I do know this, we are supposed to defend the faith. Mm-hmm. We are supposed to fight the good fight of faith. We're supposed to do all of those things. But even with that, Paul told Timothy as the teacher, he was not supposed to be quarrelsome. And even when he was correcting his opponents, it was supposed to be with kindness and gentleness. So even in that, when a doctrinal disagreement devolves into being quarrelsome, into bickering and fighting, we probably find that the territory is not actually standing firm on the faith of Jesus Christ or on his teaching. The territory often there has to do with who has the good reputation. I I want a good reputation. I want all these people who are hearing about this fight to know that I am the one who is wise and intelligent and the one who should be influential. Sometimes, even in churches, it's about controlling the church itself. We get into an argument or a discussion, and the topic is some type of doctrinal matter, but the territory is actually who's going to get to control this congregation. Hmm. And when we get there, that's the kind of thing I think we see here in James chapter 4. There's some kind of territory. There's something that they want that they don't have. When I'm in quarrels and fights, I need to back up and ask, What's the territory? What What is it that I'm desiring here? Is Am I wanting to be seen as something? Am I wanting to have something? Am I wanting to have control over something? What's really behind this? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It seems that, to me that you're suggesting that maybe the thing we often look for is, is something um, we kind of forget the internal, what we're really fighting over, and... James is suggesting that the solution isn't to look for something outside and to try to fix that, but actually to figure out, okay, what is this thing that I, that's struggling from within me? What is this desire that I'm contending with? I have some over, overrunning pride towards this person, some envy, some jealousy. I need to work on that. Yes. That's what I need to fix. And in fact, you, you kind of brought up this a little bit already, um, and we were seeing in the book of James that this some of this is rooting into their teaching and how they approach that, and so there's some warnings in chapter 3 that we just discussed last week on that, 
But here in chapter 4, it actually affects their prayer, too. It seems to be affecting their spiritual lives. It's absolutely expected impacting their spiritual life, not expecting <laughs> impacting yes. their spiritual lives. Back in chapter three, the very last thing it had talked about is earthly wisdom, demonic wisdom mm-hmm. versus godly wisdom. Love that word. And the distinction was earthly, unspiritual, demonic was about selfish ambition, mm-hmm. about trying to put myself forward, about me trying to have control over something. Whereas the heavenly wisdom was, would produce a harvest of righteousness, which was sown in peace by those who make peace immediately it walks into, so what's causing fights and quarrels among you? Mm. If you guys were all wise and understanding, there would be a lot of peace here because God's wisdom is first pure, then peaceable. Then it's gentle and open to reason and full of mercy and good fruits. It's impartial and it's sincere. But you guys are full of quarrels and fights. So what's causing that? You know, the interesting thing is before he answers it, we actually already have an indication of the answer because of what he just said. They're following the wrong wisdom. Mm. The wrong wisdom is is about selfish ambition. And so we ought to understand, if I have fights and quarrels, I'm already being governed by the wrong wisdom. And I'm, I'm absolutely pursuing my own personal ambitions rather than, as Paul said in Philippians 2, seeing others as more significant. Being able to go ahead and hand the territory over to them, even if it means being defrauded. It's 1 mm. Corinthians uh, in chapter 5, I believe it is, talks to us about. Yes. So, so that idea, I do need to look at myself. I need to look inside. What is it that I am clawing and grasping at that, that I'm not willing to let go that's causing this fight and this quarrel? So God is actually ask, asking us to relinquish control. Yes. If we're rooting back, and James borrows a lot of teachings from his half-brother Jesus, and remember when Jesus taught one of the very first grand sermons, he's on the mountaintop, he preaches the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. He, he, he starts that off talking about these different values in the kingdom of heaven. These people would be poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom. These people who would be pure in heart, they shall see God. These people who shall be peacemakers, they shall be called sons of God. All of these things are asking these people to value God's things to relinquish control of their own desires, of their own things, and to value what God values. And if we were to fulfill this passage too, at least in some sense, we have to relinquish control of our own desires, our desires for money, for fame, for our own pride. Got to let that go and desire what God desires. Staying in the Sermon on the Mount, when he gets to the part about our anxieties mm-hmm. over food and clothing and, and, and drink, the the whole idea is what I need to seek is God's kingdom. Going back to what we said in James chapter 1, when my desire is for God, when my desire is for God's things, when my desire is for God's glory and his kingdom and his righteousness, even when I disagree with someone about an important matter doctrinally uh, regarding the will of God, regarding Jesus, it's going to stay away from the quarrelsome, bickering, fighting. That, that's not to say there's not going to be discussion and back and forth, and that doesn't even mean that there's not going to be some firmness. Sometimes we have to rebuke sharply, Paul tells Titus. So I, I understand that's going to be there. But the, the fighting and the bickering and the quarreling, when we see that, that's telling us about something in our heart that even about this very right thing, I very likely have a very wrong motive that I need to bring into line. In fact, this gets me to, I think, uh, one of the things I want to make sure that we see here. James, in his practical application of spiritual principles, has given us a a litmus test, another litmus test. We learned in James chapter 3 that there's a litmus test of the things I say. 
If I find myself saying things that are ungodly, that's a litmus test. I don't get to ignore it and dismiss it and, and make excuses for it as if the things I say aren't exposing my heart. They are. Here's another litmus test. If I find myself in fights and quarrels, whether it's with brethren, whether it's with coworkers, employers or employees, whether it's with my spouse or my kids, when I find myself in fights and quarrels, I am learning something about myself. I needed to hear this years and years and years and years and years ago because for me, I know there's plenty of years and I still struggle that when I get upset, I am certain that I have righteous indignation and therefore I'm in this fight and this quarrel and it's because they're sinners and I've got to straighten them out mm-hmm. instead of recognizing that, that when that's the approach, James is pointing out, here's a litmus test. Don't make an excuse. And when one of the times that we most make excuses is when we're angry. Hmm. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think I would agree wholeheartedly with that. So I get angry, and then I do something, and I fly off the handle, and of course... I things... must be right. I feel passionate about it. Of course I'm right. I've thought this through. Yes. Often haven't. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of when I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Even after after it's all calmed down, and I realize, okay, I shouldn't have done that, yeah. now I start coming to you and say, Peyton, I'm really sorry. You know, I was just angry. Please don't hold that against me. Mm, I, because I was yes. angry, I was... Yeah. A, Anger is not the excuse for sin. Anger is the thing that removes the filter. So what we're finding out is what comes out when I'm angry in these fights and quarrels is what's in the heart. But because I've gotten angry, it doesn't excuse that stuff. It's just removing the filter and bringing it to the surface. So the reality is there's actually some, some good use from anger, even when we're dealing with this sin issue, is that when I've gotten angry and the filter's gone, now I'm getting the litmus test of what's down in there. It's coming to the top. I need to take that very seriously. And again, look, what's the territory? What's the thing that it, it, that causes that, that I'm getting bent out of shape about on that? And now let's hand that over to God and, and give him my desires. Yeah, when the filter comes down, when we get angry and we kind of see our heart in that way, we're going to figure out what's governing us. Is it God's wisdom? Is it God's kingdom? Or are we being guided by our own desires, our yes. own passions? Well, here we are. We're out of time, but mm-hmm. I have to say, if all goes to plan, I mean, it may be that we can get you on here again later, but uh, this is the last scheduled planned opportunity for you to be a part of our Text Talk conversations. I just want yes, to say to you, thank you for working with us this summer. Thank you for being with us here on Text Talk. And let me just give you a couple of seconds, even though it's going over our time, to say any final thing that you want to say here on this episode. I'm just going to say thank you for the listeners. Um I know a few of you have come up to me at uh, services and told me how thankful you were uh, that I've been on podcasting. I've really enjoyed it. I've grown a lot with it. Um, I've appreciated the time with um, both you and Andrew. Um, it's always been a blessing. And it's been a blessing to grow together, even to just approach something different and spend some time in God's Word. It's well, always a blessing. Thanks for being here with us. Again, you know, if the Lord wills, we might be able to get you on here at some later time just, that would for, be great. just for GPs and funds, and so I <laughs> hope that uh, that can happen. But right now, why don't you go ahead and uh, wrap us up with a prayer? Sounds good. Lord our God, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for the time we've been able to study your Word again today. Um Lord, we recognize that at times the fights that we're having in our lives are not because of some outside thing, if this person would just fix this, or um, this group of people would just change, or um, if they could just stop doing this or give control of this to us. Oftentimes, Lord, the um, shadow, the obscurity we've created is really because we do not want to combat 
the fact that we are being guided and governed by our own desires, our own passions, rather than by your kingdom and your righteousness and your wisdom. Lord, if that is our heart, help us to see our hearts as you see them, for them to be revealed by your word that pierces through um, every division of body and spirit. That can reveal that to us today, that your word can reveal that to us, and our hearts may be pure, holy, and guided by your wisdom today. Lord, thank you for the listeners here today. I pray that you be with them, and I pray that you be with us as we continue to devote ourselves to you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.